Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make Him known. The Gospel lesson for today is from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This can be found on page 1023 of your Pew Bible. Jesus demonstrates his authority through a miraculous catch of fish, which results in three fishermen leaving everything behind to become his disciples. A reading from Luke chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so also were James and John's, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. May God add his blessing to the reading of this holy word. My name is Craig Packnick, and I am one of two student and family discipleship leaders here at Stanwich Church. Um, Today is all about our confirmation students and what God is doing in their lives. So I just want to say two things to leave you with. Um, I had the pleasure of getting to lead our confirmation class with uh, my co-leader, Mitzi Lumbra. There you are. Thanks again. This is so fun. Um, Thanks for the compliment about my face. I don't know, but um, I'll take it. Um, But students, I want to say, we are so proud of you. We are so proud of you. And we are are, all older, and so we're all getting mushy, and you're probably looking at the crowd, and people are tearing up, and you're like, why is everyone so invested in this whole thing? Um, Maybe what you can't see that we see is that this is a significant moment. This is a time where you get to confirm what you believe. And I have good news. If you feel like you still have questions and you want to understand things, or you feel like you're not good enough to be a Christian or follow Jesus, you're not alone. Um, The scripture that Oliver Cervetio just read, it talked about, uh, what's his name again? Simon, thank you. (laughs) Simon Peter. Simon Peter. He had questions too. He's with Jesus, and Jesus says, cast your net over the boat. And Simon Peter's like, I was, I'm a fisherman. What are you talking about? I was out all night. I'm not going to catch anything. He still had questions when it came to his relationship with Jesus. But what did he, what did he do? He, he took the leap of faith. He threw his net in, and all of a sudden, God's provision was there. And then later in the story, you see Simon Peter at, on his knees in front of Jesus saying, I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man. He believes that he's not worthy enough to follow Jesus. And so he has questions. He he feels like he's going to mess things up. And yet he takes the leap of faith and he follows Jesus and accepts his invitation to be fishers of men. 
And so confirmands, even though like everyone in this sanctuary, you probably have some questions still and you, you know, wrestling with things, that's okay. So, so does everybody else. And you may feel like I mess up sometimes. I don't know if I'm good enough to be a Christian. That's okay. We can all, we've all been there. We're all sinners. But what Jesus has done is he's made a way for us to take that leap of faith. Um, I also had the privilege of reading the 24 testimonies that our students wrote. And I, all I could say was, oh my gosh, God loves his children. Oh my gosh, God is going to use this generation to share Jesus with the world. And so that's why I'm going to stop talking. I want us to hear from our four confirmation students who are bravely sharing their testimony. And those four students are Christina Estock, Zach Roth, Nora Lombardo, and Catherine Assad. And so I have an ask for all of us that we would be the supportive family of God that we are and be eager listeners and support each of our students. So Christina, would you mind coming up? Hearts, they're a simple shape. Two curved lines that descend into a single point. But there are so much more to me. Hi, I'm Christina Estock. I'm an eighth grader at the Greenwich Country Day School, and I've gone to Stanwich for as long as I can remember. Many mornings before going to church, I remember complaining about how my clothes were uncomfortable or I was tired. But when I got to the children's wing, I would always have fun. I loved to answer the questions and discuss different Bible stories. I enjoyed meeting new people and seeing old friends. I remember feeling carefree and happy when I was at church. Now, things are different, and growing up has changed so many aspects about my life. But church is a constant, something I can always depend on to provide me joy. Some mornings, I still feel tired and grumpy, but whenever I go to church, I end up feeling better. I still love to discuss the Bible and see friends. Another constant in my life is hearts. Sounds confusing, but I can explain. All my life, I've seen hearts in ordinary situations a heart-shaped puddle, a heart-shaped rock, you name it. I never thought anything of them at a young age, but as I got older, I often wondered, is this just a coincidence? What if these could be some sort of sign? When I was younger, I only saw the surface level of things. I could learn a Bible story and listen to some teachings, but I never remember actually developing my own opinions. I just believed everything anyone told me. I didn't think anything of the hearts, and I didn't think anything of church when I left. But as I got older and started thinking for myself, my relationship with God was able to begin. Something else that came with getting older was worry. I often feel my mind descend down the rabbit hole of what ifs. My anxiousness is like a pot, slowly bubbling higher and higher. I can put the lid on and tough it out, but that doesn't stop the bubbles from rising until it eventually all boils over. Many times I don't live enough in the present. Over winter break, when my fears and uncertainty were at the worst they have ever been, my thoughts only lived in the mistakes of the past and the worries of the future. During that time, I often found myself turning to God. I would pray for the worries to cease, but they wouldn't go away. This was, and still is, a main part of my faith struggle. I felt like God wasn't listening to me, like he didn't care. During this time, I very rarely saw any hearts. I felt so different from the little carefree girl I once was. But I pushed on and continued praying. I had been told all my life to trust in God. 
Trust in God. They were just three words. They never had any impact on me. Maybe because I had never tried it. Most nights over winter break, I scrolled through my Bible app, reading verses and other encouraging messages. While scrolling, one verse caught my attention immediately. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.7 This this verse stuck with me to this day, which is why I picked it as my life verse. I recite it to myself when I start to feel anxious, and I always feel calmer knowing that God's peace will guard guard my heart. Something that I kept coming across in the Bible was the idea that God has a plan for everyone, and all we need to do is put our faith in it. This is something I think about a lot, and it is something that brings me comfort even now. Knowing that God, that Jesus has already set out a path for us and he made me for a purpose gives me great peace. Sometimes I feel like nothing is in my control and that can be very overwhelming. But trusting and believing that God is always in control helps me be more at ease. Since winter break, so many things have changed. I realize God did answer my, did answer my prayers. It wasn't immediate, it wasn't completely, and it wasn't in the exact way I thought he would. But he did, and I'm doing a lot better now. The anxious feelings aren't gone. They aren't something that just disappear. But through faith in God and believing he has a plan already set out for me, I'm able to control the worries and not let them control me. And one more thing changed. I'm seeing hearts more than ever. This simple shape represents the peace of God for me. When I see them, I know God is there and that he cares about me. He shows them to me when I need them as a loving reminder to trust in him and that everything will be okay in the end. I hope this testimony makes you think more about the next time you see your heart, literally or metaphorically, because God may be showing it to you for a reason. Thank you. Hi, my name is Zach Roth. I'm a seventh grader at St. Luke's School in New Canaan. I grew up going to church. In fact, I was baptized right here inside of Stanwich Church where I'm getting confirmed. While I was younger, I was always told by my parents that there is a God. Although I did not entirely know what this meant at a young age, I just went along with what I was told. It was like believing in a fairy tale. As long as I was told God is real, I'd believe he's real. Looking back, Although I didn't properly believe in God, things were still going as well as they could for a child at the time. However, around the time I reached fifth grade, things started going downhill. My faith was challenged, and I stopped believing in God and the stories of the Bible. One of the biggest reasons it was hard for me to believe in God at the time was what was being said around me. There were constant reminders in classes that had suggested God hadn't created the world. Along with that, other kids were filling ideas in my head that were different from what I was taught in church and completely made me forget about the Lord. At one point, I stopped going to church altogether. I had started getting bullied at school and that protection that God had given me as a child would often get broken through. I constantly felt upset and had no hope that anything would improve. Besides getting good grades in school, nothing was going well for me. I was not an athlete and I did not have any reliable friends that I could count on any of the time. It had gotten so bad that I had to transfer schools since it felt like my whole grade was against me at times. This year, when I started at St. Luke's, I made a few friends that I was close with, 
but I was still getting made fun of. At this time, my, face was, my faith was as bad as it has ever been. Although it didn't seem quite as bad as my old school, it got under my skin even more. This went on for a couple more months until the sandwich winter weekend retreat. Going into winter weekend, I was just planning to hang out with friends, goof off, and have, just have a fun time. And I'll be honest, up until the second night, I did just that. <laughs> However, the second night, I did something that might have been the best decision of my entire life. I gave God a chance, and I opened up to him. I told him about the emotions of sadness and regret I always felt and what I wanted to change in the future. That night, while I was praying, I could also feel God's presence for the first time in years. It felt like God's spirit was with me again. Almost immediately after I got home from winter weekend, my life improved in so many ways. I finally found a friend group that I got super close with. I started being more passionate about sport. And most importantly, I felt happier and at peace knowing God was by my side. Those mean comments that once got, un got underneath my skin no longer did. I took my chances and God is putting me on track for success. For my life verse, I chose Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This verse speaks of God's loving and intentional plan for each individual's life, giving hope and a sense of purpose, even in difficult times. It is a reminder that God is always in control and has good things in store for those who trust in him. God knew I would truly become a stronger believer by going through my experiences with bullying and loneliness. It was all part of his plan for me to find him. By remembering this verse in good times and bad, I am able to stay hopeful and know God will lead the way as he has already done in my life. My life is different with God now since I know that he has a path for me to follow. I am able to focus on the upside more now than anything else. I can go into any situation with confidence, knowing I have the protection and love of God. And, and, and most importantly, I now have one constant, one friend, and one protector that I can always count on for the rest of my life. Thank you for listening. Faith is a topic I have struggled with for a long time. Hi, my name is Nora Lombardo, and I'm a rising ninth grader attending West Hill High School this fall. My struggle with faith began when I was just a little girl. I grew up going to Stanwich. It's the only church I've ever been to. Growing up, I said I was a Christian because I went to church, but I didn't know there was anything more than that. I would sing and dance to the songs and didn't understand why or what those songs meant. It was honestly just me following the crowd. When I was younger, church was just a place I had to go to. It had no personal meaning to me in terms of a relationship with God. Even though I feel I didn't show it, I remember feeling so anxious every Sunday. I never liked waking up early. I still don't like waking up early. <laughs> when I was younger, I was bored during the service, and during kids' church, I felt lost and confused. I had basic knowledge about Jesus dying on the cross and who God is, but I never put much effort into trying to learn and I thought it was just easier to keep quiet and continue my weekly routine of going when my mom would go. I was always too scared to ask questions because I felt everyone was more educated than me or that my questions were offensive. Over time, I had different things to do on Sunday until church slowly became not a priority. Four months ago, I decided to come back to church. The first Sunday I came back, I was overwhelmed with deja vu, that same anxious feeling I remember from when I was younger. As I walked into the sanctuary, a thousand thoughts ran through my head. 
Would it be different? Would it? Would it be different from how I remember? Would I sit in the back surrounded by unfamiliar faces? But the first thing I was met with was a kind-hearted, genuine greeting from one of the members of the church. As I advanced forward, I was met with many more, some from people I didn't even know. Throughout confirmation, Craig has always said, confirmation is about making your faith your own. I would just tune that out, not really giving it any thought until now. I wanted to strengthen my relationship with God, but I, did not, but I didn't know how to, so I was living a double life. One at church and one outside of church. At church, I would look like I worshipped with all that I have, and as I did, my heart would feel full and loved. However, outside of church was a different story. I would live for things of this world instead of God, and I didn't realize just how much that impacted my relationship with Him. I began to feel empty and helpless. I went on Sandwich's winter, winter weekend in February, and I felt a spiritual high. Yet when I came back, I felt the same emptiness as before the retreat. I wasn't sure what it was, but I was in desperate need of help. I would turn to the world for answers and didn't know why I wasn't healing. Then randomly one day, it just clicked. I can't name a time or place, but I realized what I needed to do. I started to turn to the Lord more and more, and that, and that resulted in him not being the center of my life. Over only the four months I have been back, I am sure I've grown so much as a person and in my relationship with the Lord. Now I can proudly say that I am a girl who is happy to go to church every Sunday, a girl who now goes to small group and isn't afraid to ask questions about her faith. My life verse is 1 Peter 1.7. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This verse reminds me all the pain and regret I have that the Lord can just ease that away. It's like a weight off your shoulders. It is surreal to me how the Lord just forgives us for all our sins for no cost. However, there was a cost. We just did not have to pay it. Amen. <laughs> how can it be that no matter what you do, you are forgiven? It's this type of unconditional love he has for all of us. After every sin, you need to strive to do better than before. This means to live life in a more Christ-like way. Even though I believe that, I still struggle with my faith here and there. When I struggle with my faith, I think of small things that most people don't care about, like it's a sunny day, or I look down at my wrist and see the cross bracelet. These small symbols remind me of God's unconditional love. Even though God sees me as righteous, I am still a sinner. Yet God never fails to reassure me that I am more than enough for him. I fail and will always fall short of his perfect standard, but I want to never forget that he won't. I struggle with doubt and trust in him, but I know he will show me, even in the darkest times, that I am loved. Another thing I need to remember is that I am very goal-oriented and driven to make others proud of my efforts. Because of that, I became oblivious to the fact that God is always proud of me, even when I fail. Losing sight of his grace made me feel like I was on my own and trying to please others. One thing I need to work on is being more thankful to the Lord and all he has blessed me and my family with. Being thankful for things give me reassurance that God is real and he is with me. There was a sacrifice so that I have someone to lean on and trust with everything in me. Throughout confirmation, I have learned that my only comfort in both life and in death isn't my phone or anything of this world, 
It is belonging, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. there's one thing I've learned, it's that God asks some things of me that might be hard. Hi, my name is Kathleen Assad. I'm an eighth grader attending Rye Country Day School. Throughout my life, I have come to realize God brings unexpected gifts into my life. But there is also the road you have to take to get to where you want to be. Since I was nine years old, I had a hard time making a long-distance relationship because we moved all the time. The more I moved, the more guarded I became around making friends until I met my best friend in small groups. She helped me through a really tough year, and I'm truly grateful for that. God has not only led me to a church where I found my best friend, surrounded me with the support of the church community, but given me Katie Troyer as a guidance in music and my mentor for confirmation. A lot of you may know I have a passion for music. It's something that comes so naturally. You can ask me to get up and perform unprepared, and I wouldn't hesitate. But the thought of speaking in front of a bunch of people scares me a lot. When I shared with Katie that I was stressed about writing a testimony, she recommended I write a song. Well, that night when I sat with all the verses I had picked out, I decided on John 4, verses 7 through 9, which states, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. The last few words in the verse, because God is love, are so powerful words that really helped me illuminate all the chapters of my faith and love of God. The second I heard those words, I heard a melody. Then the song just started pouring out of me, almost like it wasn't coming from me. In that moment, I realized it was from God, and that for some reason, God has chosen me to share his love through my music, to guide others through their journey of faith and love with him. Throughout the process of confirmation, I have uncovered so many new things about my faith, and for the first time in my life, I have words to speak to all of you because they are about something greater, God's love. While I don't know how my life is going to unfold, I do know that I am loved. I'm a vessel for God, and he wants other people to experience what it's like to feel his love. That's how I found the courage to speak before you today, and how I will now sing an original song describing my life first. The song is called God is Love.
because he's the one that loved us first he laid his life down let us not love in word or talk but indeed and in our truth his love will be perfected in us love one another for god is love Sending his only son to show us what love really means To teach us and guide us and show us the way Toward eternal love To show that there's no fear in love To show that there's no fear in love. more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.